Welcome to the season two finale of Kenny and the Coaches. Thank all of you for tuning in over the first two seasons, and hopefully you'll keep coming back here every week to listen to the stories of the coaches and people involved in high school sports from our great state of Oklahoma. And this season finale is no different. I talk with a coach that not only has had an impact on his players, but has had an impact on the overall sport he coaches. Doer head football coach, Josh Bean. And here's our conversation. All right, Coach, thanks for taking a little bit of time to visit with me. I know it's kind of been a long time in the works. I'm glad to finally get you set down and be able to visit with you a little bit. I, I appreciate the opportunity, Coach. It's, it's uh, again, like you said, I, I, uh, I hate that it took so long to get together, but I do appreciate the opportunity. I've got to listen to some of your other your other uh, podcast things, and they've been really good. So uh, I enjoy the opportunity to get to do this with you. Cool deal, cool deal. Now, I know it's, you know, a long time before uh, the 24 football season gets here, but kind of how – first of all, talk a little bit about this past season and then kind of what 24 is looking like for you. Well, uh, 23 was, uh, you know, a 19th year doer, so it, it, it's kind of every year is, is different, every year is special, and, uh, you know, the kids just kind of – form into each individual year it just seems like forms into its own deal and you know this year we we only had five seniors and and really only three of them played but the three that did were, were really really good football players and uh, of course another one kicked fours and, and stuff like that but um you know it's one of those years where you know over the past three or four years we've lost some really really good outstanding football players and mm-hmm. lots of talent and uh, just through graduation and so forth and and uh so it was an interesting year this year we we thought we had a chance to be you know really good but we just didn't know that we you know would, would have the opportunity to kind of be in the mix in the end and uh, obviously we you know fell a little short early in the playoffs but as far as feeling like we had an opportunity we felt like toward the end of the season it was more of an opportunity than what we started with and uh we just had you know had great play out of our at our tailback obviously and just throughout the year which we expected and then uh uh you know we moving kate anderson down from 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 tight end to, to center really shored up some of our offensive line issues that we thought we might could have and uh uh we try to start there with everything we do he was a good tight end but but moving him down really secured all three of those spots to be to be really good and and of course we knew what he could do defensively and and then the the other senior you know he was just one of those kids that was just uh man just one of the more gritty tougher you know he probably didn't weigh 135 40 pounds soaking wet but he was just a, a really gritty corner and and, mm-hmm. and and wide receiver not fast not not a great athlete, just one of the tougher kids I've ever coached, though, as far as getting people on the ground and you know, defensively. Sometimes that's all you really ask for, mm-hmm. uh, just make sure you get them on the ground. So, um, you know, it was kind of an up and down year. You know, we we had a we had a uh, what was going to be a senior quarterback that uh, you know played a, played against you guys uh, last year with Velma, and and you know he we had some minor issues i don't really want to talk about that a whole lot but we had some issues this summer were just commitment level issues uh, with him and uh the way it worked out he he uh, called it quits in july and and we kind of went with the younger quarterback the freshman that 
you know, we, we knew he was going to be a, a really outstanding player. We just didn't really want to throw him in the mix right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as 23 goes, it kind of started off with some ups and downs way back in the summer. You know, uh, we'd graduated some good quarterbacks, prior, you know, in previous years, obviously in 20 and with, with the Fowler kid and then uh, uh, the Ross kid followed him and, uh, you know, this kid moved in that, that I'm talking about is, that is no longer with us this year. But honestly, uh, in the in the end, uh, after we went, you know, we, we lost him. He wasn't at camp. He was still on our football team at that point. But when we went to camp, we had a good feeling about uh, young Killhofer. We thought, you know, again, we, we knew he was going to be a great player. And I think his seating is extremely high before it's all said and done. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously with a, a pretty good – amount of experience coming back we would have liked to have not had to play him uh, this early in his career mm-hmm. but you know by the time we get to the playoffs I feel like he was he probably given us as good a chance uh, you know or better chance probably than than the other kid would have so mm-hmm. uh, again I you know not to wrap it, the 23 up in that way but I just think it was one of those years where we just had a lot of ups and downs and you know you go through that year in year out with different different types of adversity that you see but in this case it was a uh, kind of started in the summer with our quarterback position and, but overall uh you know i was super super pleased with the way uh you know obviously playing playing you guys mid-season was was something that you know we we're having so much trouble playing people good people in the eastern oklahoma that mm-hmm. we've had to venture out and play and, and get on the road and uh you know, that's just something we're willing to do, not just now, but from now on, just to make sure we, we get to play good people. Uh, we feel like that helps. You know, we were fortunate against you guys, but uh, ultimately, uh, you know, winning or losing that game, we knew wasn't going to determine how our season went. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, so uh, you know, again, playing really well through the midseason there and then, and then the quarterback, the young kid I was talking about, he gets hurt in our first district game against uh, Weber's, and we brought that senior that played wide receiver down, and he 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 was a backup quarterback really his whole career. He just played everything else except for quarterback, except for in random times. But yeah. he played. Uh, I think he played about three games when when uh, when Peyton got his toe broke uh, in the Weber's game. And uh, so he played about three three football games there at quarterback, maybe four. I don't know. We brought – I guess we didn't get Peyton back until week 10. Uh, so that kind of set him back too, you know, as a, yeah. as a young young guy. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of reps there that we would have liked to have gotten with him uh, throughout the, you know, the district part of the season. But uh, so we had some – again, we had some things there we had to face. But all along our offensive line – and our, our defensive line, those guys, they just, I mean, they just kept leading us and the seniors that we have and the juniors that we have. I feel like it's a team full of leadership. Uh, I, 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 it's really hard for me the longer I go, uh, Kenny, to, to, <laughs> you would think it would get easier to evaluate talent, but man, we've had some teams that I thought were the most talented teams, uh, underachieve a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've had some teams that I thought, man, these guys are really scrappy and just really go do some amazing things throughout the year and, and beat people maybe we shouldn't have beat and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those special years are when you get both of those together, and, and we've had that too, you know, where mm-hmm. they're just really talented and, 
and and also just work their tail off. I think all of our kids over the course of my tenure here have been uh, really hard workers. So I, I, it seems like that part of it continues. And uh, but as far as twenty three goes, uh, you know, obviously you look out there at the bracket, and we we sure didn't like our our, our path <laughs> to get there. Um, you know. We, we thought we were better than Regent. They obviously outplayed us tremendously the night we played them. Uh, you know, fell short there, a, a touchdown. Uh, very odd second half for us. I mean, the score was 40 to 37 at halftime, and we yeah. thought we had to, you know, you know, we were felt like we were in pretty good shape. Then we get the opening kickoff and go score. We went up 11. Uh, thought we had a pretty good, we were in pretty good position. And then, uh, man, we just between we had some uncharacteristic uh, snap issues and we had a lot of first down holding penalties and I'm um, not to make any excuses again, Regent put together a great game plan for us and uh, they're really, and they're just a really, they were a really talented football team and, and we mm-hmm. probably underestimated uh, their quarterback in terms of being able to tackle him. He was a lot like your guy down there at Belma. He, he could do it all. He could throw it. He could run it. And, yeah. uh, just a very uh, mature football player in general and he knew when to take it on his his shoulders and every time we'd get him in a bind he he bailed him out and uh i think uh second half ended up being 18 to 8 uh i don't remember a half that we scored less than you know probably three touchdowns since i've been at doer so it was a very uncharacteristic for us offensively and uh but again credit to them uh, they they did a, they did a tremendous job with the game plan and, and making some adjustments in the second half and I thought we did uh, defensively uh, so then again going back to the season you're wrapping that up it was it was hard to sit there and watch the playoffs it was one of those years that was mm-hmm. uh, you know having played you guys and having played Regent close and then having to watch the next three or four weeks unfold. Um, we, we really felt like we blew a blew an opportunity to, to make it a little further and yeah. you know give ourselves some chances down the stretch. Obviously, I think we would all agree Ceiling was by far uh, the best football team out there and yeah. and uh, had the best probably the absolute best player in my opinion in Class B. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, it all played out probably like it was going to. And as far as bracket goes, we've always preached to our our coaches and our players that. You know, it's it's uh you got to beat them all to get to win it all anyway. So yeah. when you play them, really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, so uh, twenty three overall was a uh, an exciting, a very much a roller coaster. Uh, very proud of our kids. I felt like we fought to the end. Even you know, even in the Regent game, uh, nothing ever was out of hand to the very end. But I felt like our kids fought all the way, and uh, every all the adversity that we had been through. Uh, throughout the year in the summer I felt like kind of kind of helped our kids grow into what they end up being and I think that's a really tribute to the seniors as it seems like no matter what happens your team kind of takes on the personality of their seniors Uh, Mm -hmm. so you hope you hope uh, at least for me I always hope that we've groomed those guys into being good leaders and and uh, I I do think that that's a part of our job and, and sometimes people I think philosophy-wise, I think sometimes people believe that, that leaders can't be taught, but I, I think that's a big part of what we do. And and if you believe, uh, like I do, that, that your your team's going to form around them, you've got to make sure they're where they need to be when you get to that place. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
mean, overall, it was just a, it was a great season, and I have no nothing that I feel like we need to hang our head about. We just uh, again, it was just really it was probably the tougher. Uh, uh, hard, uh, tougher season I've had in terms of having to sit there and watch how the playoffs unfolded and feeling like, man, we're a player or two away from, yeah. from getting back uh, to maybe a championship game or whatever. But um, either way, uh, again, there's a lot of good football teams out there. You guys, you guys were, were extremely good in, in your ceiling, and and those guys were. I mean, it was kind of just a matter of time before they just really unleashed everything and i think they kind of did that mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that would be my summary for for 23 uh, I, I can't say enough about our power our, our community and our school once again got behind uh you know our football team and just i feel like it's kind of a it's kind of a both way thing for our football team and our school and our community we kind of we kind of like the burden of setting the tone for the year and uh, we, we like that pressure. We feel like we do have an opportunity to kind of see how our, our year, our school year is going to go just by how our football team does. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how uh, kind of how I'd say 23 ended up. Yeah, yeah, man, I was just talking about the playoffs. It, it feels to me, it felt to me this year that there were so many good teams in Class B in the playoffs. I mean, it was just like – Every week, you know, you, I always try to – when I was younger in my coaching career, I always used to kind of chart out our whatever team I'm coaching their path to uh-huh. the state championship. But I really – this yeah. this year I really went, okay, this is who we got this week. And, you know, I would kind of start watching film like, man, this team's not bad. You know, like even <laughs> even Covington in the first round, they weren't your typical four seed. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I mean, that, was a, that was a tough matchup for anybody and the things that <laughs> – Brian does offensively just put so much pressure on you. To, I mean, they're going to be a tough out. As long as they got some athletes out there, they're going to be a tough out no matter who they're playing, I think. And, 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 and yeah, they, they're one of those teams that obviously we got to watch the end of that game with you guys, or really <laughs> more than that, because I think we were done. Uh, I think that was first round. Yeah, we were yeah. done fairly early that night. We watched a good portion of that at the field house. And yeah, that was a, that was a battle. And, your kids, man, your kids continue to, I mean, that was a, that was, you get through one of those challenges and man, it can really pull vault you into a, a good place for your run to the playoffs. So, uh, the good thing about that challenge was it worked out and yeah, yeah it, it did look like it kind of just springboard you guys. Uh, of course we knew, we knew all along you guys would have a chance to get back there if mm. things worked out. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I really think it was one of those things. After that game, I think every single kid from the, you know, the seniors down to the freshmen, they were like, "Oh crap, this is a little bit different." You know, <laughs> I think they kind of buttoned up from from then on. Yeah. Now, whenever uh, you said you've been coaching at Dewar for 19 years, in that time, I mean, you've had some people that you've leaned on. Uh, to help you along the way and how important are those people not only to you but to coaches and specifically I know that coach Thompson meant a lot to you kind of speak a little bit about him uh coach Thompson was a man he he was more than just a mentor he was a friend uh he was a he was just such a the personality that he portrayed just on a daily basis uh uh you know, we had obviously a lot of geographical distance between us the whole time we worked together with the eight-man coaches association, and uh, but we talked 
not daily, but probably at least twice a week, uh, whether it be about eight-man football and our association or just football in general or just life in general. He was, interestingly enough, a guy in this profession or in our association that we probably had more conversations outside of football than I did with most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Most of my coaching buddies, our conversations drift back toward something to do with football. Uh, but oftentimes him and I – would talk about you know school business kids uh you know i think that if i learned anything from him it was how to how to be a better person within our school uh mm-hmm. in terms of uh not just being about our football team because i i think even uh you know when when throughout my career when things didn't always uh, i mean we've been fortunate to do we haven't had a lot of down years per se mm-hmm. uh, we've had some down years for us but we haven't had really down years but you know, sometimes in the school business, there's just a lot of trials you go through outside of the, the coaching thing and, you know, in the off season or spring or whatever case may be. But he was always a guy that just could put things in perspective and make you really just want to embrace being a part of, you know, whatever school you're at. I mean, for me, it's been doing my whole life. But uh, he was really just a guy that always brought me back down to earth, I feel like, with, with some of the things that was going wrong. You know, right up to his final days, just being able to put – he was able to put things in perspective that, hey, it's really not as big a deal, Josh. It's probably what you think it is. And Mm -hmm. uh, he was really special to me in that sense, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like he really Mm -hmm. always grounded me in, uh, you know, sat back and think about it a couple of days. It may not be as big a deal as what it feels like right now. And and Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Always being able to find humor uh, in in things uh, and, and just, Gosh, just being such a good friend. Again, you know, mm-hmm. for people that, uh, I mean, we did not ever cross paths. You know, they were always uh, lower class than, than they were always see the whole of my whole career, wherever he was at, whether it be DCLA or Medford or, or wherever else he was at. So we never played each other. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Coach Zachary, uh, who was his assistant years and years ago, uh, I think I think he was on a staff when I was a player, maybe at Shattuck. I, I don't I don't remember for sure, but mm-hmm. uh, you know those two guys are just uh, I mean, they're just staples of what I think our association stood for in terms of uh, helping others. I think it's what's made it special to me over the course of time is just how much uh, I think our association is different in that way. Uh, you know in, in in the other areas of the coaching profession, it's really a dog-eat-dog dog, uh, mm-hmm. world, I think. And I think sometimes in our group, uh, people are more willing to share some of the things that, that really get them there. I mean, we're all, we're all like, worried about this or that. I mean, I'm pretty much an open book, what we do offensively and defensively as far as philosophy goes. Mm-hmm. But there, there's always those little things that you think kind of give you that edge. Uh, uh, Mike was always good about sharing some of those things with me and, and uh, you know, we bounced a lot of ideas off each other. But, again, I just – I can't thank him, uh, you know, uh, just for all the things he gave to our game uh, when he was alive. It's just I feel like he, he truly always had our best interest in mind. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those, the, those last few weeks and how quickly that came on, uh, with him and his life and for his family was just uh, it was just really a, tr- a tragedy to see that his life end at uh, such an early age and mm-hmm. uh, I just really appreciate it I really appreciate our friendship I think if I had to nail it down to one thing it would be the friendship more than the 
the mentorship, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be my my uh, my thoughts on Mike Thompson yeah. for the most part. Now, you, you, you mentioned the, the eight-man association. I've said uh, last year was the first year when I was at Empire. It was the first year I was out of eight-man coaching. And I, I wanted to get back into it because I just that the brotherhood of eight-man coaches, I think, is something that unless you're in it, you don't really understand, you know, what it's like. Kind of talk a little bit about the eight-man, specifically like the eight-man All-Star Week. I, I remember my first experience at the eight-man All-Star Week. I was like, man, I don't want to go all the way up to Miami and spend all week. But it is something that I wish every kid could get to – um, yeah, every kid could get uh, to do in their life. That's that's uh, I'll, I'll first say this about the association and the brotherhood that you speak of. I, I, I think it's uh, again, I think it's special from the standpoint of just people being willing to share ideas and things like that because I just don't think you always get that. Uh, I mean, at this day and age, there's so much technology and so many. Uh, things you can watch on YouTube or podcast or mm-hmm. video blogs or whatever, then you can take whatever you want. The, the, the one thing for me that has always stood out, and here we are, uh, I mean, not, not to bounce away from the topic, but here we are at Doer, we're kind of on the verge of probably going back to 11 man. Mm-hmm. I grew up playing 11 man football. I've coached a couple years uh, through my career. Uh, we've played a couple 11 man games even when we were eight man. I love football. Like, I just love football, and I don't want – I try to do my best when I have conversations outside of our eight-man uh, uh, group and converse. I try to make it about football because I think some of those people want to make it different. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's because I've coached it so long, haven't played 11. Uh, you know, I just – I mean, it's football. And I wish mm-hmm. we could just <laughs> – I wish we could somehow – magically let because all we've had a lot of people who have converted and we've saw convert go back and forth that would once they coach it particularly once they coach it uh or watch some games and really watch some games i think they really get to realize it's it's football and uh mm-hmm. you know we're out there blocking tackling and scheming things up and and uh no different we're trying to we're trying to score and we're trying to do it quickly sometimes and we're we're trying to we're trying to run the ball and, and take care of it and run slow it down at times. And so um, I just wish that we could somehow <clears throat> bridge that gap with some of the traditional 11-man people uh, within our state. And I think it's way better, uh, so much better. I mean, I I will say, again, I'm not trying to bounce off the subject, but being a part of the advisory committee the last couple of years, I've never seen a, a group of, old, uh, of bigger school guys that have uh, – been as good to me uh, as as they have. I, I think there was a much bigger gap when I first got into eight man football, with the respect that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's there's just so much. It's a so much better relationship right now with uh, just small school football in general, but particularly eight man football. But I think there's a lot more respect that goes from the bigger schools to the smaller schools now than ever was. Uh, mm-hmm. And and maybe that's just the things I'm getting to see from the meetings I get to be a part of. But I really appreciate those guys right now that are heading up OFBCA and things like that because I feel like they're really understanding that. And we're doing a whole lot sometimes with a lot less in terms of facilities and, and resources and things like that. Uh, I mean, eight-man football people do do are wearing so many hats, and they're like, man, how do you do that and do this, you know? Yeah. Some of those conversations. 
So, uh, but back to eight man specifically, I think the uh, the association is tremendous about how they stick together. Uh, the game itself, having been a part of that for, I, like Brian was talking at our meeting, I, I was I was there the very first year. I was there as a counselor, in fact, that my very first year. And the old coach Nichols and Coach Goodner and some of those guys were coaching the game, and uh, uh, that was when Richard Grady was our our uh, executive director. And just the the way that they do that game. Uh, you know, in terms of trying to make it like a bowl game and make it something special and make it something kids still want to be a part of. Uh, some of the All-Star games, the All-State games in particular, are, are a prime example. I, I don't I don't know if there's that draw to go play. I mean, other than the prestige of getting to play in the 11-man All-State game, I don't think that kids, now that the word is out, uh, it, they enjoy that experience anymore. In fact, mm-hmm. I think they probably enjoy that experience much less. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that you know, I feel like maybe it was done before uh, we started having it in Miami. I don't know because, again, I wasn't a part of those. Mm-hmm. I've heard of some of the times they had up there. Probably not as much to do, but it was still a close-knit group that tried to tried to do a lot of great things for the kids and the coaches while they were there. But what the people in Miami have done in terms of making that like a bowl, a bowl game, uh, in fact, when I first started sitting on the OFBCA advisory committee, that was one of the first things that I got asked uh, in a, in one of those meetings is how, you know, how do you guys run your all-star game? We've heard so much about it. And Amanda helped me sit down and send them uh, several different uh, just documents and things about how we, how we manage it, how they raise the money and how we went about raising money for it. Uh, to be able to do those things, you really have to have a lot of resources and a lot of, a lot of footwork goes into that from those people in Miami mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do all those extra things. Uh, you know, at the 11-man All-State game, most times those guys are they, – they get there and they practice, and that's really the extent of uh, what mm-hmm. they do together. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, with us, it's a meal every night, some type of activity during the day and, and uh, getting to eat good food and, and, you know, spend a lot of time together in those dorms. And I, I really think there's nothing that's – as good as what we do in no. terms of all-star games. Um, oh, no. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I will say, too, the experience I've had as a coach, uh, getting to coach against those guys, and, 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 again, the changes we've made with the game. There was a time when that was, you know, B versus C, and there was a time where it was East versus West. And I think they've tried numerous different things, but when we started mixing up the districts so that, coaches and players could play with people that were from opposite corners of the state you know Mm -hmm. your your kids playing with somebody from from northeast oklahoma or the panhandle kids playing with people from from kyoto or or caddo i think that was one of the coolest things we ever changed Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and coaches getting to go down there and, and spend a week you know bouncing ideas off of of you know uh i think that's really what's helped maybe now the Northwest Oklahoma people might not feel this way, but I think that's what's helped bridge <laughs> bridge some of that gap between, uh, you know, football, eight man football in particular, uh, from from Northwest where it originated to to different parts of the state of Oklahoma. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's why some of us have been able to catch up a little bit because we've gotten some of those great ideas from those guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, up there. So now, it kind of in that same. Family of questions there with the kind of the it's always or not always been, but for I can't remember how many years it's been at Miami, the the All Star uh, week. Uh Do you think there will ever be movement towards 
like a centralized location for like eight man state championship games? Well, yeah, I think I think that I think those things are always in the works, and I I think that was some of the I guess you could say criticism that different uh, leadership has gotten over the years. It's not that anybody looked out there and goes, oh, "Well, Miami's the perfect place," because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that was. I think the people of Miami made that the perfect place because they mm-hmm. they they embraced that. But I mean, obviously, you know, of course, over the course of my time, uh, I was there. I think oh, two thousand one or two, maybe it was two, I don't remember, was the first year there. And it had just got moved there. And, of course, a lot of the people from, uh, particularly from northwest Oklahoma, where it originated, uh, didn't want to didn't want to make that change. And, I, again, I don't blame them. Northeast Oklahoma is probably not the best idea. But there was a lot of footwork that went into how can we get this in Edmond or Oklahoma City or somewhere in central Oklahoma to make it fit better for everyone. Mm-hmm. It just the, – the, it has to be someone – inside i guess from one of those cities from one of those towns or or maybe universities or whatever that really wants that to happen in order to make that happen and it has to be somebody that really sees a a, i think a vision in terms of having having it played there for many years you know what i'm saying Mm because i think i think that was something even before amanda some of the people did at miami they just they had a vision of how can we do this make this the best thing and keep it and make it something that people are going to come want to come to miami to do every year and I think over the course of time, it has become that. But I think ideally, we would all, uh, you know, it would all make more sense if it were, if it were somewhere in the central part of the state, uh, and still have that same kind of backing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's what it's going to have to take, you know. And, and and the truth is, you know, everything everything tends to come to an end in terms of like like that All Star game and where we have it. I'm sure there'll come a time where it won't be in that part of the state, won't be in Miami. And I, I hope that, that our association or the people that decide to take on those bids or whatever, uh, take the same pride uh, in it that those people up there have, mm-hmm. all the way from, you know, Stacey Satterwhite and all those. There's just so many names that have been a part of that for so many years. Uh, I really hope that, you know, when it when it does come the time for it to move, and I'm sure it will, I hope that those same, those people take that same approach. Hey, we want to make this a, a really classy thing for these kids and, and parents when they come in here. And now it's become, you know, 50 cheerleaders and, and just mm-hmm. kind of a lot more of an environment. Than, and, and, and the fact that, you know, now we, we go up there and they open up that, those suites to us. And, I mean, we, we were playing the game there when the visitor side was still the home side. So uh, that place just came a long way with grass field. I mean, it, it's came a long way since we've been there, but no, I, I mean, again, I don't know if I'm rambling here, but no, I think, uh, I think it's important to see that, that like change is not always bad. Uh, even though I've been a part of Miami, uh, eight man all-star game, if we can come up and, and, you know, there's talk of, you know, Northwestern coming back into the picture and maybe throwing out some, to, you know, some bids out there to do that. You know, if those people want to do that and they want to make it, you know, good for the kids, then, then that's all I really care about. I, I mean, it, to me, traveling to, to Alba, I, I went to school out there for a year and played ball out there, and, and then I went back for a championship. So I don't have any problems with Alba, Oklahoma. I'll just tell you that. Uh, but whether it's Alba or or Southwestern or, or East Central or any any community that would just embrace it, I think that's just the main thing. they got to be able to – got to have somebody in there that sees – Hey, I need to go get some sponsorships from from the people it's going to take to make this thing a really special thing. And 
uh, I'm sure those people are out there in different communities and stuff across the, the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I've kept you on here long enough, but before I, I want to kind of touch on this before I get to my final three questions. What kind of effect do you think the open transfer rule is going to have on not just football, but just like Oklahoma high school sports? Uh, man, I, I, I just – that's a, that's a tough question because I think, number one, uh, we need to have – we as coaches and administrators within the ADs and stuff within the school, it, it's going to be a lot better when we have a full grasp of what it, what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's, it's simple the way it's worded and it's, it's broad – but, you know, what are, you know, I mean, there's so many what ifs that go along with, okay, you get one move, mm-hmm. you know, tragedy can strike at any time. Are we going to make an exception later for, for, for a kid that's went through some truly hard uh, times in life? I mean, to sit there and say, I mean, I think it's, I think it's good. I, th- I just from the outside looking in, I think it's a good thing uh, to keep people maybe ultimately from moving around as much as they move around. But mm-hmm. I have no problem, you know, I've had some criticism because I am a supporter of it because I think, you know, we've been fortunate to do her. I, I mean, getting a bunch of kids from different places can, can cause a lot of internal things for, for a guy that's built a, a culture over the course of 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying that's just been me, but, you know, Dewar, I feel like at this point, you know, there's some bad to, to say, like, you know, if we all sit and have, we've had a very large influx, but most of our influxes came from the younger grades from middle school and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you suddenly get an influx uh, of 10, 10 or 15 kids in your school, like you're saying, all sports, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that can affect that. You know, it all sounds good to the to the coaches at that school, but the, the negative that could come along with that, just people not understanding how you run your program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- those are things that aren't talked about a whole lot, you know. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's different in the big cities and the big schools where they, they're used to having, you know, new players every year and things like that. But when, when you're at a place like Dewar or maybe Valmayama where – you've seen these kids from the time they were third, fourth graders, fifth and sixth graders, and you've been a part of their lives and you kind of understand what their families are like and, and, and all those type of things. And then you start throwing them into a boiling pot. I think, I think it's kind of, it could lead to a lot of negative things too, is guess what I'm saying. I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's good on the outside, but when it's going to take some time for it all to play out before we all really know uh, what we think about it, I guess, is I don't want to ride the fence on your question, but no, I, I, I just think there's a, there's a lot of good. Uh, I do think that they're, you know, the consistency with the way the OSSA has granted and not granted has been interesting at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I agree with, you know, uh, I do think those people do work probably harder than what we give them credit for at times in terms of, uh, of what they're trying to accomplish and trying to abide by the rules that we have laid out. But uh, I think from the, from a coach's perspective, I've seen some inconsistencies I feel like in what appear to be hardships and what don't appear to be hardships. Uh, so to see a one-time grant from that perspective, I think is a really good thing. Um, and uh, Raina, I'm on the phone with a very important phone call. Just hang on just a second, okay? Uh, I've got my, got my niece and nephew still here. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I think that overall it's a, it's a it's a positive thing. I just think we, until we get, until it all plays out, we're not really going to know 
the effects. But I do think back. I lost my train of thought there, but yes. I do think that uh, again with the inconsistency, sometimes we've all seen it in all sports. I do think it's kind of a neat thing to say. Okay, you got this one move. You better now. The thing I, you know, everybody says. Well, what if it turns out to be like college college athletics? Uh, well, it, you know, their guys are getting to move as many times. I think I think they can move as many times as they want to move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't appear to be a, a limit on their ability to, to move around. Hopefully, we don't get into that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, it sticks with. Uh, you know, this is your one move, and hopefully, parents who want their son or daughter to play uh, a sport at a. I mean, it's supposed to be not for. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. If, if they want their kid to play somewhere else, you know, I look around, and, and, and uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but in our area, I feel like, you know, our program, we we want to speak for itself. Like, we, we mm-hmm. want our success to speak for itself. We want we want kids to know, like, if you want to come to Dewar, you're going to have to work your tail off. Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. the other people aren't working their tail off, but there's a little bit more to it from my perspective than just saying, Hey, I want to go be a part of that program. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we do hope, I hope uh, across the state that parents, uh, people that are in charge of these kids moving from different place to place, I hope they really look at it and go, uh, now listen, young man or Susie or whatever, you, you're not going to do this, but one time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I hope that that sticks. They stick to that, with the exception of some very extreme circumstances, you know. And and there will be those. And that's yeah. that's that again. That's the catch to to that. If a, if a if a young if a young man was to go through some serious tragedy in his family, um, or or young lady, you know, it would be nice to know that that uh, you know. Hopefully, that person hadn't made that move. I guess is what I'm saying. Because I'd hate for them to get stuck in a situation where they couldn't. I guess you can still move, so that kind of changes. You know that yeah. that's the other side to to this whole deal. I guess you can still move, but make a legitimate move uh, into a school district. Uh, again, all that's got to play out because I'm kind of interested in seeing how that that all works out. You know, but uh, I hope I answered your question. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's some good, and I think there's some potential bad that come with it. That's that's kind of probably where I'm at with it. For us at Doer. I can see it being a really good thing. I, I, I feel like we will have, you know, there'll be some, I think there'll be some people move into our school because of, mm-hmm. because of where our program's at and our baseball program, particularly those two things. I think there'll be people that'll, that'll want to be a part of that. And now they'll see that they can. Um, if I were someplace trying to build a program, I, I don't think I would be for it. So there, there again, there's some more negative. Uh, if yeah. I was trying to build a program in a place where, um, there wasn't uh, a lot of established tradition and things like that. I think it might make it harder on those people. And I feel for those, especially young coaches that are trying to make their mark and, uh, you know, things like that. Cause I think a place like Dewar or Velma or, or Laverne or, you know, I'm speaking mm-hmm. on our size schools, you know, I think they'll have an advantage over places that are trying to build programs and, and coaches that are trying to build, build programs. So, Again, not to beat a dead horse, but I think there's, I think there's a lot of pros and there's there's some cons that go along with this thing too. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. I think you kind of spoke for me. I was going to add to it, but ain't nothing I can add to that. Uh, all right, before I let you go, I always got three questions I ask people. They're just kind of three quick questions. But um, first question: What is something people would be surprised to hear that Josh Bean is bad at? <laughs> Oh, well, there's probably lots of those things. Uh, 
something I'm bad at. Well, I'm not very patient. I, I, I wish <laughs> I, God is always working on me with my patience. And uh, so that's something that I've got to just really got to work on. Just that's a daily struggle for me to be patient with people uh, and just those around me. And, and it truly is something I do work on. And I think I'm much better at um, I, I'm not a very I, I love to, to fish and hunt, but I'm not very good at it because I don't feel like I get much time to, to spend on those things. Um and you got to be patient Gosh. for that. You definitely got to be patient <laughs> for that. Uh, I would love to hunt more, but, you know, it's just a bad time for a football coach, it seems like, as far as deer hunting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Gosh, I'm sure there are many, many things. Um, <laughs> we could have just stuck with one. I didn't want I didn't want you to, to spill it all out there. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't uh, – and I don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting question, but, no, I – those are those are two for sure things that I've got to work on and, and I continue to struggle with throughout my life. I I, uh, I do want to just kind of I, I don't you had asked me some pre questions. I, I do want to talk about if you're okay with this. Sure. Just extend this a little bit. Uh, just my time at Doer, just uh, uh, being a part of. I guess I've kind of talked about that throughout all the questions that you've asked, but uh, I think originally you had asked me to to maybe talk about that a little bit. I just mm-hmm. you know the consistency. Uh, now that I'm now I'm 48 and closing in on, on 50, and this is my 23rd year. Next year be or yeah, next year be my 20th uh, at doer, my 20th year at doer. I I uh, man, this the consistency of being at one place uh, again. I, I mentioned a little bit about young coaches, and man, it's so hard now for young coaches in general, and and just getting some young coaches to get involved with the game and, and the level which I think that one time there were just a lot of us and now it's just uh, not a lot of people are leaning toward education uh, I think my time at Dewar uh, that, that's probably one of the biggest fears I have I, every time I think about going some other place and of course over the course of your career it's going to happen you know whether it's a good times or bad times you kind of you look out there and you see what's there and I've, I've talked to some different people and thought about different jobs but man, just having to start over again, like some of these new, new rule changes and things like that, and just, just trying to build a, a what I think of, it, it's by far not been just me, but just trying to build a culture uh, is just being able to do that for so long here. It's been really awesome to see our kids like come into our program as seventh graders and already kind of have all these things established that they kind of know, even as youngsters, they don't know know it, but they kind of see it around them, like like what goes on in our summer program. And, and we try to we've gradually got those younger guys involved more and more over the last couple, well, five or ten years, just just so they know they they don't go through the same rigor in the summer that our high school guys do, but but they just know it's a part of it. Uh, but also the good things, you know, uh, our our school, man, our community, we you know we eat breakfast on Friday mornings with our guys and we eat dinner on on Thursday nights and have what we call a family night, you know, kind of get away from the game and watch, you know, watch a movie or just talk about life and, and things like that. And do, do, we have a lot of team talks where we just try to veer away from football itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe the lessons taught in football as opposed to, uh, you know, what's going on tomorrow night football game uh, schematically. And so those are things that I just, man, I just cherish about being able to be a doer for as long as I have, uh, and again, right here on the verge of maybe going back up to 11-man football, uh, uh, it's going to be a, somewhat of a challenge to keep that the thing rolling with 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 that. But we don't. Uh, we're embracing it. We're we're trying to 
you know, I've said all along in my career when they've made changes with how eight-man football works and how many teams we have, <clears throat> if it's time for us to move up, and then we'll move up. And, crud, we've been as low as, you know, right at – I mean, just a few years ago we were at 90 – you know, 95, 98 kids in our high school. And now we're, my son graduated with, I think, 18 kids. And we got a class right now that has 52. So yeah. we're, 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 uh, we're an ever changing school in terms of size. So, uh, I don't know what got me into that. that, that those thoughts, those are just some things I know you had asked and, mm-hmm. uh, as pre questions, but anyway, I won't continue to ramble. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate, man. I appreciate you having me on. And I hope, uh, oh. I hope somebody, uh, enjoyed something I had to say, but if, if not, uh, call me back sometime. Maybe we can talk specifically about, about some, some schematics or whatever you might want to talk about. But I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man. Th- uh, yeah, thanks for visiting with me. Uh, I mean, you're one of the more respected coaches and not just eight-man, but I think in high school sports in Oklahoma. But from an eight-man guy, I just want to say thanks for all that you do for the eight-man game. No, I appreciate it, Kenny. I really do. It's, it's, a, it's important group for me and I, I hope uh, always to uh, do, do my part to give back thanks again to coach Bean for being on the podcast today and thank you for listening I keep talking about it and it's finally here next week at 10 a.m. is the season three debut of Kenny and the coaches so make sure to tune in for that every Wednesday at 3:30, check out not so instant replay exclusively on the Kenny and the coaches Facebook page you can check out the Kenny and the Coaches official website in the description. And if you're on X, just search at Kenny Coaches. And don't forget that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time. This episode was recorded on December 27th, 2023.